Ahoy hoy, you delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and this is another episode of Everybody Trades. Thanks for joining me once again. As usual, we're going to take a dive into things that pique my curiosity, and well, frankly, they should pique yours as well, because all of this is very important. Stuff I'm about to talk about, stuff I always talk about is important, but today in particular, this is an important topic because, well, if you've ever made wages in the United States of America, and chances are if you're listening to this, you almost certainly have, Social Security affects you quite directly, especially in the form of your payroll taxes, right? Because probably, I'm sure there's some of you who are listening to this who are Social Security benefit receivers, but the lion's share, well, you're probably the taxpayers at this point. And what really triggered this topic today is because, well, what's Social Security about? That's not really in the news, right? Well, what has been really making the rounds on social media is a meme. And what it is is essentially you've got two older, an older couple, say they're Social Security age, they're baby boomers. And what the text says over these two smiling baby boomers is hates socialism above them. And then below it says demands Medicare and Social Security. So the obvious meme is that, well, there's a bit of a hypocrisy there, that for these people to say that they hate socialism, and yet at the same time, they're demanding Medicare and Social Security benefits. Well, I can hear what a lot of you are probably responding, because honestly, there was a cacophony of responses to this very meme in one area that I saw, and that response was quite simply this. It's not socialism it being Social Security specifically, it's not socialism because I paid money into it. It's my money. And then a bunch of people were saying, well, this is why nobody takes libertarians seriously. I mean, people were genuinely livid, really. This meme got some people's goats big time. And the interesting thing is these aren't socialists. These are nominally free market-oriented people. These are the type of voters who call Obamacare, for instance, socialism, but hey, they still want their Medicare. So it just, it made me curious, why is there this difference in thought process? And do they have a point? Well, let's find out. And in fact, speaking of Obama and Obamacare, in his second inaugural address, then-President Obama said, quote, we paid our Social Security and Medicare taxes. We earned our benefits. And he continued to say that those programs, quote, strengthen us. They do not make us a nation of takers. Well, obviously, your GOP voter and your Social Security supporter who was upset at that meme I just described, it seems that Obama agrees with you wholeheartedly. And this is the guy that you've called a socialist and said that this is the creep to socialism. Well, Interestingly, he's all about Social Security, for instance. And this is, obviously this is conventional wisdom, but you know what? As usual, your boy John Miller is here to challenge said conventional wisdom. So really, how is it that Obamacare can logically rise to the level, the label of socialism, but somehow Medicare and Social Security do not? 
All right, again, for our purposes, let's just focus on one of these things. Let's take Social Security. I mean, come on, the word social is right in there, right? So it's got to be socialism. But again, the prevailing argument against Social Security being socialism is that I paid into it. It's my money and I paid into Social Security. As Obama said in his words, that doesn't make you a taker. And that would be true enough if Social Security were actually a lockbox, as Al Gore once famously said, a place where the government stores your money for you until retirement age. Then you really would get what you had earned. But in reality, you see, Social Security has always been a pay-as-you-go system. In other words, the government takes one person's money in the form of your payroll taxes that you have every pay period and gives it to another person in the form of Social Security benefits. Older people, obviously. And there is no account, no individual has an account where their money specifically resides. And if you don't believe me, just take the, the Supreme Court, all right? There was a case about this. All the way back in 1937, the court held, and this, this case was Helvering versus Davis, the court held that Social Security was not an insurance program, saying that, quote, the proceeds of both employee and employer taxes are to be paid into the Treasury like any other g- internal revenue generally and are not earmarked in any way. Further, in a 1960 case, Fleming versus Nestor, the court said to engraft upon Social Security, the Social Security system, a concept of, quote, accured property rights would derive it of the flexibility and boldness in adjustment to ever-changing conditions which it demands. So all that quite clearly, quite clearly is, is saying explicitly that no, there is no separate fund for Social Security, and yes, it will be thrown all into the general fund. It's quite clear. They say this in the Supreme Court, and history has said that's exactly what has happened. And to even further buoy that point, the Social Security Administration's own website explains that, quote, entitlement to Social Security benefits is not a contractual right. And if that wasn't clear enough, it even goes further. It says, there has been a temptation throughout the program's history for some people to suppose that their FICA payroll taxes entitle them to a benefit in a legal contractual sense. Congress clearly had no such limitation in mind when crafting the law. Now, how much more clear can you get than that? In other words, no, your your Social Security money, your payroll taxes, that's not a right. Not as far as the government is concerned because, well, it's gone now. It's been paid into our general treasury. And we're the, we're the masters of the universe. We're the smart ones. No, we need, see, we need flexibility and boldness. Those were their words. Anytime you hear about the government needing flexibility and boldness, here's a hot tip. Be very afraid of that sort of phrasing. Now, that Social Security website, what it does fail to mention is that it was the Social Security Administration itself that created this lie in the first place, that the checks will come to you as a right. You see, this whole thing was a lie from the, from the absolute very beginning and the American people were sold a bill of goods. So for the 
the SSA website to act like, oh, well, people have been confused that their that their uh, taxes are actually that's a contractual right that they have a right to in a legal sense. What a bunch of fools the the American public is. You know what? Screw you. You lied. The FDR administration lied. The SSA lied. You all lied. That's the bottom line. The whole thing has been an absolute lie from the very beginning. Now, back to Barack Obama's claim that Social Security does not, quote, make us a nation of takers. Well, let's be honest. No GOP voter will confuse a person who, for instance, has worked for decades as your classic welfare case. For example, an able-bodied man lying around on his couch all day in a drug-induced state of lethargy. See, that's what we tend to imagine when we think of takers. Why, that's not me. I worked for decades. And hey, fair enough. I, I'm, I get that. There's a huge difference between those two people that I just described. But you know what? The very first Social Security recipient, let's talk about her. Yeah, Ida Mae Fuller, she worked too. And based on pure timing and happenstance, she was the first so social security recipient in history. And based on that weird happenstance, she received 462 times what she and her employer paid in, quote, contributions. Now, clearly this was an atypical ratio, but it highlights the systemic inequities of the social security system. Because Ms. Fuller reached the age to qualify quickly based on pure timing, she paid almost nothing in payroll taxes and yet received full benefits. If she didn't contribute that money, it has to come from other Americans. The 462 times more than she paid in, it's got to come from somewhere. And again, it comes from other Americans, and it comes from them forcibly, without their choice. And that's the key word, force. Again, no choice. Who cares if that's socialism by the dictionary definition? It's political aggression. What it is is it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. That sort of sounds a little bit like socialism to me. It definitely smells like it, don't you think? Now, again, back to this idea of pay as you go. That's how Social Security works, right? Well, you know, this this pay-as-you-go system, when it started back in the 30s during the Great Depression, it actually worked, at least in terms of the government's own accounting. It was solvent. Well, that is at least until people started living a lot longer. You see, the whole idea was as long as a lot of people die before collecting any benefits or die without collecting all that many benefits, the system is financially sound. They collect less than what they put in, in other words. See, back in 1950, the worker-to-benefit ratio was 16.5 to 1. But then with people living longer and longer, that, that, that ratio has obviously shrunk, and now it's 3 to 1, basically, and now we're expecting it to be 2 to 1. Again, used to be there were 16 workers for every one beneficiary. Now it's like 3 to 1 and soon expected to be 2 to 1. Does that sound sustainable to anybody? But back to the original point then. Yes, you did pay into Social Security 
Mr. Baby, Mr. and Mrs. Baby Boomer couple who worked your whole lives and, and good for you. I'm not knocking your lifestyle choices in any way whatsoever. That isn't the point of this exercise. But the harsh reality is, is you are getting other people's money, not just yours when you get these benefits. Where do you think the government gets the interest, for instance, on these supposed retirement funds, the gains? It's other people. Seniors want to believe that they've paid their own way, but unfortunately they have not. They have only paid for part of what they have gotten. You see, early receivers of benefits receive far more than they paid in, and later unborn generations are left to pick up the multi-trillion dollar tab. And similarly, taxes are paid over one's entire working life. But guess what? Only the highest 35 years of earnings determine an individual's benefits. So guess what that means? Those who begin working at younger ages, including those with the least education, the least amount of privilege, as we like to say, well, they're unfairly penalized based on that. Because... Yeah, if you're a doctor or something, you might not work that much until you're in your 30s or something. Again, I'm not trying to crap on doctors, but I'm saying, why should they be given special consideration here, essentially, versus the young kid from of, of limited means who starts a landscaping business when he's 13 years old or something? That's just not fair. So if you think about it, If the standard retirement age is 66, let's say, and real earnings rise with age and experience, the return from Social Security contributions made before 35, again, 66 minus 35 is 31. So anything, any of your contributions that you've made before 31 years old in that scenario is just gone. You're not getting any of that back. That's just, again, into the general fund. Hey, here you go, everybody. That's for the other beneficiaries. That's not for you. And by the way, Social Security also treats single people worse than married people because non-contributing spouses qualify for benefits. In other words, if your wife or your husband isn't really paying in via payroll taxes, well, those people are still eligible for 50% of their spouse's benefits, but they pay no Social Security taxes. They're treated far better than working wives. Also, for instance, if you're a wife, if you're in a marriage and you actually have to work, as many people do in this day and age, well, who's their Social Security taxes often add little to their benefits. And nothing at all if they qualify for more benefits as a dependent spouse than from their own earnings. So again, if that got a little confusing there, I apologize. The point is, is no, it's not just so simple as, well, I paid in X and I get back X. Clearly, there are all sorts of inequities and discrepancies that result in people paying and receiving more than what they paid in. And it's often, it's not exactly the rich who are, who are necessarily getting screwed on this whole deal either. It's not that simple. Not that that would make it right or okay, but for those of you who care about fairness and the wealth gap, Social Security isn't doing anything to eliminate that. And in fact, you can make a very compelling argument. It's exacerbated it. And I think I just did that, in fact. Thank you very much. 
And there's also the matter of opportunity costs. When the government's taking a huge chunk of your wages every single pay period, you're unable to decide the level of risk in your own investments, for instance. The government's going to take that money and do with it what it wants. That sacrifices your ability also to to use your accumulated assets, your savings, for emergencies. Emergencies that happen prior to retirement. You see, saving isn't just about investments or saving for your retirement. It's about saving for a rainy day. Social Security does not afford you these choices, and it makes the individual worse off for it. Any argument against that is nanny state thinking, and again, smells an awful lot like socialist mentality to me. And now, if you're one of those pro-Social Security boomers, I can hear you might right now. You might be saying, fine, John, I get it. But if I don't get my money that I paid in, my benefits that I've been expecting for decades, and have, frankly, put my built my life around expecting to receive these, then guess what? I am being stolen from as well. Well, that is absolutely true. That is true enough, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly. But again, the point is the whole thing is a giant fraud. That's the truth. And here's what nobody disputes. No matter what side of this argument you're on, it seems like nobody disputes that this whole thing is insolvent and broken. There are massive unfunded liabilities, $40 trillion plus of benefits that essentially need to be paid out in the future. So how do you fix something, though, that can't work? Because in normal everyday life, if someone guarantees you a return, and here's my advice as a investment guy, you should call them a fraudster. That's what you should label those people as. They're liars. They're trying to defraud you. Because none of us can predict the future, and then therefore there is no such thing as a guaranteed return in actual reality. That is one of the inherent lies of Social Security is that they can guarantee you an investment return. That fraud started decades ago, and unfortunately, we can't ring that bell. Listen, I've got some ideas of what we can do to make the, make the system at least not work, but make the inevitable fallout, make it a lot nicer, a lot softer landing, let's say, but... I'm not going to get into all that today. That's too far into the weeds. The point is, is do not fool yourself. Almost no one is getting what they paid in. Just mathematically, that's virtually impossible. People are either getting more than what they paid in or they're getting less. I can tell you my generation, I'm an older millennial. I'm 36. We're expecting to get less or nothing than what we paid in. And we've basically been told this for decades now, a couple couple decades anyway. Since I was at least in my teens or 20s, I've been hearing this. And if you are an older person and you're, you're about to start getting the benefits or you have been getting them, I'm not saying you shouldn't take them. I'm not. That's just reality. That's your reality. And the reality is the Social Security system robs Peter to pay Paul and it's done so for, dec- for decades, just like pure socialism does every day. But again, I'm not telling you to pay to not take your benefits, just like I wouldn't tell you to not drive on the roads either. 
Like, I think the roads would work out. The roads that we have in this country work out in a lot of the same way that Social Security does, right? They may not be pure socialism, but they sure as heck smell like it. If the dictionary definition of socialism is the government controlling the means of production, as I often see, well, what's left, again, unsaid there in that that dictionary definition is by massive aggressive force. Again, that's how they control the means of production, by massive aggressive force. Is socialism is sorry is is social security as aggressive as pure socialism like what we saw in Mao's great society for instance? Well, clearly not. But socialism is also quite clearly political aggression. One Americans wages being given to another without their consent. That may not be pure socialism, but it's awfully close to it, and people are certainly not getting what they paid in. Number one, there's no choice. Number two, your money and property is being given to someone else. And number three, overall society is worse off than it would be in a more free system. I think I've made all those points here And you know what? All three of those points have something in common with socialism. So whether it's purely that system or it's not, isn't really the point. The point is, is the nature of the relationship is the same. We shouldn't be getting caught up in whether or not Venezuela, for instance, is pure socialism and whether or not America is pure capitalism, because both of those, both of those are relatively They're somewhat mixed economies. Neither is pure. But clearly one is more free than the other. And the relativity matters. And relatively speaking, America is a way, way, way better place than Venezuela. We can all agree with that. We'd all rather live in America. If we can't agree with that, we're in trouble. But the point is, what makes Venezuela bad and what makes America great as it were, is freedom. It's not control. It's not an elite class of politicians saying, hey, we'll take your retirement money. That sounds a lot more like Venezuela than America to me. And with that, I'm going to sign off on this episode of Everybody Trades. Thanks so much for listening. And hey, if you enjoy this thing, feel free to share it out there on the internet or even with an actual living, breathing human being that you can touch with those beautiful hands of yours. Why are your hands beautiful? I don't know. I just said it. So with that weird ending, we will get out of here. I'm John Miller. This has been Everybody Trades. Everybody Trades.